0: What is going on everybody welcome to the latest episode in the first and 10 podcast brought to you by vlogging the boys powered by SB Nation as always Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis and Aiden it's officially training camp week the Cowboys as we speak I believe is on their way to Oxnard California and when you listen to this it'll be Monday the 24th so man two days out from practice they're already there our favorite beat writers are already in town or making their way in town now so we did it man we really survived from february to july 23rd july 24th we have made it and i'm pumped up about it how do you feel about it my man
1: i feel good i actually i started the quarterback podcast since we last spoke or the quarterback netflix show since we last spoke and that started to get me into it i mean at this point yeah i'm hungry for football I'm ready for college football season especially like since that kicks off first that gets me in the mindset for NFL football which yeah I'm ready
0: yeah a little peek behind the curtain like I'm pretty pumped out about it I I I do some other things with other uh, publications so this year I would cover in college football like I did last year for the New England Football Journal but I already know my first week's assignment I'm gonna catch the August 31st game it's I believe it's UConn and they're playing NC State So um, I'll be in the building for that, which is going to be sick. Like usually, you know, I mean, everyone, I don't care who you root for. Everyone's got excitement week one, whether it's college, the NFL, everyone's got like this false hope that they're going to be the best team and go undefeated. So being in a week one, covering it as a media member, being in the stadium, I really do enjoy being at UConn because they have really cool facilities. And people don't think about that. I know you went to Texas and I know you're a big 12 guy, but low key UConn does it right. And I think it's a fun atmosphere.
1: Ironically, one of my one of my best friends, he's a UConn football fan, and so over the years, I've actually kind of like UConn football has become my secondary team because yeah. they like never clash with the Longhorns. Like, <laughs> I will never have a conflict in like who Yukon's playing, and who, so I'm happy to root for UConn, and they've kind of become my probably my second favorite college football team. I mean, yeah, they had that one major upset. What well, who would they beat? They had like a major upset last year. State last year. Yeah. State, yeah,
0: yeah, they're a fun team. Yeah, they are. I mean, that's the thing. So not that this isn't a UConn podcast, but they get Jim Mora, they actually recruit well, they get guys that are like really buying into the program. So it's gonna be fun. And I say all that to say, like, college football is obviously closer than the NFL. We got, you know, the Hall of Fame game is coming up in about a week and a half, you know, two weeks at this point. So Football is fastly approaching and and I'm pumped up about it, man. And this is finally we're not in the offseason anymore. Like we're in it. We're in the thick of it. Like things are really starting to move and I'm pumped about it. Um, I'm excited. And uh, usually we have a lot of banter. We talk for a few minutes, five to ten minutes, but we got so much to talk about. I think we should jump right into it if you're cool with that. Yeah. Um, You know, just a little bit of what this podcast is going to be today. We're going to go down. The 90 man roster. We're gonna look at every player on the team, every position, look at the battle. Some intrigue are gonna be um, you know, a lot, and then some is gonna be a little bit, right? Like there's some positions that aren't too much to discuss, and there's some things that we're really gonna dive in depth to it. So um, without further ado, let's kind of look into it. And I say 90 man roster, but as it currently stands, the cowboys have 89 players on it, so they have space to add one more player. Don't know what they're going to do with it. But as I look at the numbers, they have 14 wide receivers. You know, they have 15 O-linemen. Those are the most numbers that they got here. They could probably add one more wide receiver they wanted to. Probably maybe a third kicker. Who knows? But at this point, Cowboys have 89 people. Excuse me. They're looking to continue, Um, you know, to move on in the training camp. And we'll kind of touch on it here. So let's start with the quarterbacks. We know who QB1 is. It's Dak Prescott, Will Greer, and Cooper Rush rounded out. Cooper Rush being QB2. Real quick on Dak Prescott, 30 years old. He'll be 30 at the end of this week. What does this season to you, Aiden, briefly mean to Dak? Do you think this is a big year and pivotal year? Is it overblown? Is it just Cowboys hype? What do you think about Dak in uh, 2023?
1: The way that I'm seeing it is, as a Cowboys fan, I'm seeing this as what will likely be our... I don't want to be pessimistic, but this is our... Best opportunity to be competitive, I think, for the foreseeable future. We've talked Mm. about it week in and week out on the podcast. You have Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb. All those contracts are coming up. Obviously, Parsons is a little bit more delayed. But, I mean, at at that point, like the whole Jerry doesn't spend money in free agency, he's not going to have Money to spend in free agency at that point. Dak's gonna get another extension soon, so like that's like the money's gonna get tight soon b- yeah. because of the, how excellently the Cowboys have been drafting lately. Which, by the way, is a good thing. I just think like in terms of being able to sign guys like Brandon Cooks, being able to trade for Stephon Gilmore, like it's it's not a lot. I I think those days are ending somewhat soon with these mm. contracts, and so this is the year that I mean that this is Dak's best opportunity to win it and. Oh, we'll see. I, I don't want to speak too far out in the future, but it's this is his. It's a good opportunity this year, and I don't know if I will have this opportunity in the next few years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand the, the what the sentiment of what you're saying. It's true. Like the right now, it feels like we're locked in. They, they, Brandon Cook, Stephon Gilmore, trying to build the talent around Deck Prescott. You know, trying to do what we can to win right now. So it feels like a win right now type of situation. You know, with these guys like you mentioned, Trayvon Diggs, Michael Parsons, and some of these guys they have to sign. C.D. Lamb. It feels like it could. This should extend. It should extend your window, right? You're signing yeah. these guys. It should keep it open. I think Dak Prescott's new contract is really going to be in mind with making more space, right? Because if he doesn't, he's playing what fifty three million dollars next year. So, um, if he if he doesn't sign a deal, we're gonna have even less. So you're almost rooting <laughs> for a Dak Prescott deal just to open up some cap space. But we know the deal is Dak. Am Prescott's I crazy? Team...
1: I think it's in the sixties. It... I might be crazy. I thought it was in the sixties, but maybe I'm. You
0: know, anywhere if it's fifty to sixty, we're we're still in trouble here. You know, I mean that's a lot of money allocated to one player for one year, especially, and you know the number grows, and that's just what how the cap works. But still, that's a lot of money allocated, and it probably won't help the people who have something negative to say about Dak if he's allocating that big of a percentage. But I will say, you know, big year, thirty years old, things change when you hit the thirty year old window. I'm not saying that you fall off a cliff, but you know, pressure's on, man. You you haven't made it past the divisional round. You got to make something shake here. But we know all that. We've talked about it all offseason. Real quick, I I actually put this out, and I was thinking about it myself. Will Greer, low-key, people, he had a fan base last year that I thought he could have been QB, too. He had some injuries, a little bit of inconsistency towards the end, kind of faded out. Cooper Rush, we know what he did last season. Do you see in any world re- realm possibility that Will Greer can beat out Cooper Rush for that number two this year?
1: I mean, I hope so. Like, I get it. Cooper Rush, he still has this allure of... He's undefeated when he has to play. Eh, like, not undefeated, right? He lost one last year.
0: One game. Yep. One yep. game. Four and one okay. in five games. Yep.
1: I mean, he's he's where rid- he's has an insane win percentage, but like it's like a Jimmy Garoppolo win percentage where he was bolstered up by the defense. Like, let's not act like Cooper Rush is an insane arm talent. I want to see somebody who has the potential to grow into like like a solid quarterback too. And I I think if you're putting Cooper Rush on any team other than the Doubt, that Dallas Cowboys defense over that like six game stretch, I think Cooper Rush is not only sub five hundred. I think he likely wins like one, maybe two games. Yeah, I just so I think like I don't know. I I want to see like our quarterback too have the opportunity to progress in like a middling quarterback in the end. Like give, give take like a Dak Prescott, a rookie quarterback with upside who has the shot. Like when he was a rookie, I want to see I want to see us do that with our quarterback too. So I'm rooting for Will Greer and I yeah you're right. Based off what we've seen, the videos we've seen, it seems like he's been working with Dak closely this off season. He absolutely mm-hmm. has a sh- a chance.
0: Yeah, and I and I would agree. Like I think last year, Cooper Rush was exactly what this Cowboys team needed. He came in, he was stable, wasn't really making too many mistakes, playing safe football eventually you know water finds its level and if we played you know one or two three more games with cooper rush he would have figured it out this league is far yep. too smart this defense is you know the defenses are far too advanced he would have got figured it out and i think we would have probably saw a souring um you know tone around cooper rush but with that being said he makes more money than will greer i think will greer is a better athlete i don't think anybody would you know disagree with that will greer brings a little bit more juice you know he's younger he's got a little bit more of a lively arm is a guy that brings ability. So it it really comes down to, can Will Greer be more consistent, right? If he can go out there and just be consistently, you know, what they need him to be, I think there's a chance he could beat up Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is steady Eddie. They're going to go with that. QB2, they want him to be calm. They want him to be collected. They just, you know, don't make mistakes. Go out there and manage the game. If Will Greer can bring that, but also bring a little bit of element of, like, some pizzazz to it. It, there might be a conversation I think it will be a fun thing to watch over training camp because, you know, like I said, he had he had a, a contingent of people that thought he could have won the job last year. And obviously it didn't work out like that, but it's fun to monitor.
1: I think it comes down to his accuracy. What we saw from Cooper Rush is yeah. he like doesn't have many physical talents, but he was actually pretty accurate in his limited starts. Will Grew, on the other hand, like. Young and experienced. We've seen the arm talent, but I don't think the accuracy is quite there. I think it's all going to come down to how much that accuracy has progressed yep. over this past year.
0: Totally agree. On to the second position here, we're going to roll right into the running backs. And for the first time since 2016, you know, obviously when Ezekiel Elliott came in, there is a little bit of a a little bit of a question mark about what's going to happen here. We obviously know Tony Pollard's the man up front, but let's look at some of the depth chart here. We got Malik Davis, Rico Dowell, Ronald Jones, Hunter Lepke. Obviously, Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn here. So with that being said, Tony Pollard, number one, there's a lot of people, including today I saw on social media, a lot of people are voting from Malik Davis to win this job. I think Ronald Jones has a chance. I think Rico Dotto can't be forgot about. They're going to find ways for Deuce Vaughn to get involved. Hunter Lepke is more of like a, he's going to affect the tight ends, and we'll get to that down the road when we talk about it. But uh, man. Like, that number two running back position could be anybody's job. There's three or four guys vying for one spot here. And what is your initial thoughts about the running back room?
1: I I don't really know what to think at this point because I look around, like, the rest of the NFL. I, like, I'm completely content with the way Cal- the Cowboys handle things. Out, like, I've said this on the podcast before. Like, outside of handing Tony Pollard a $10 million franchise tag, which as we've seen lately from the running back market is way overpaying for a running back. I didn't love that move, but you get Tony Pollard back for a year. It's not like I'm, it keeps me up at night, but they did the rest of the running backs, right? They waited on Deuce Vaughn. They just, I think aren't Rico and is Rico. I think are they both, both undrafted? undrafted? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. they're both undrafted guys. And then you bring in like Ronald Jones for very cheap. That's exactly how you should approach a running back position. The like, but you're right. There's a whole bunch of question marks outside of Ronald Jones, which we know is like, I, I just don't believe in Ronald Jones. I, I think I've I kind of made that vocal on the podcast. I don't <laughs> think he's a great running back, but I could be proven wrong. Who knows? It's just question marks. And so like, yeah. I, I think your guess is as good as mine, which is if you were to pull somebody random off the street, gave them those names and said, who's the running back to their guess is likely as good as ours, because I, I don't, I don't, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough to see. So looking at it, right, they're going to get anywhere from 10 to 12 carries a game, right? Number two. So that means anywhere from 170 carries to 200 plus carries, you know, not crazy number, but that's a bump in in production for pretty much all three of the main guys we're talking about. Ronald Jones hasn't been that guy since Tampa Bay in what 2021 Um, Malik Davis and Rico Dallas never been that guy. And my thing is, No, I spoke to Danny Phantom today. We're kind of had a Twitter exchange about it. He likes Malik Davis better. I know there's some people that believe in Malik Davis and what people I don't think they forget, but some people forget Rico Donald straight straight up beat Malik Davis out, you know, when it came to, you know, that number three running back last year. Not saying that that matters this year, but they felt enough about Rico Dottle to pick him over Malik Davis. Now, there was also some conversation about Brian, Brian brought us, brought up the fact that there was a little bit of contention going into the playoff game. He had a little bit of immature, immature moment and, you know, was demanding playing time instead of, you know, what for, focusing on the main thing was it was just when a football game. So you, you wonder if that factors into the mindset. I think Malik Davis is talented. He may be the most talented in here, but like, how is this going to shake out is going to be one of the most fascinating storylines for me. I just you know, I I told you, I've thrown my ring in the hat. I think Ronald Jones, they'll go with him because I think they value the veteran presence, right? It's Tony Pollard, the guy, probably going to get, you know, north or close to north of 20 carries a game. But, excuse me, when he goes out, who are they going to trust? Who's going to put the load? They wouldn't give Malik Davis the football for one snap during, you know, during the 49ers. They wouldn't give him the football not that one time. Rico Dow is on injury reserve. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, very small guy. We don't even know if he could survive in between the tackles. So there's just a lot of questions there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be intriguing. There are veteran names out there you could possibly look at. Um, I don't think the Cowboys will devil into that, but I think it's going to be fun to see how they shake it out. For the first time, 2016, we don't even know who the one and two are, and we haven't seen that for a while.
1: I, I mean, we know who the one is.
0: Well, yeah, one and two, the one, two yeah. punch, like the one okay. is solidified. Yeah. But yeah. even he's coming off an injury. You know what I mean? True. So, you know, we got to figure out that as well.
1: Yeah. I think I want to call my shot before training camp starts. So I'm going to say Deuce Vaughn actually wins the running back two role. Wow. Hunter Lepke, they're going to, they use Hunter Lepke as the fullback short yardage guy. Like if you need a one yard, what Zeke used to do last year, mm-hmm. he's that's Hunter Lepke. And I say Ronald Jones gets cut on the final trim down from like, I don't know what it is, it's like I 86 think to 53. I think oh, they, they go just straight, go straight down? Yeah, I think oh. it's
0: one clean cut now.
1: Then Ronald Jones is involved in that <laughs> one clean cut.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say, because you said I'm going to go Pollard, I actually think Ronald Jones wins because of the veteran presence, like I said. I think if it's close in talent, they'll pick the guy who is um, on a cheap deal and who's done it before. I think, obviously, Deuce Vaughn makes the team because there's things he can do there. And I do actually think Hunter Lepke makes makes the team, but that means that we're going to lose a tight end on the back end because of it, but that's how I feel.
1: Do we think they roll three running backs and Hunter Lepke, like three and a fullback, or not? Yeah, so
0: I got Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones, I think that they... Oh, you
1: said Deuce too. Yeah, Yeah, I
0: think Deuce, and I I don't know how they could make it work, but I would keep one of Malik or Rico if it's possible. You know, I think they could sneak one of them to the, you know, the practice squad, but I think it's a dangerous game.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I think I'm go yeah, I'm going Lepke, Pollard, Deuce, and I I don't want I don't want to make a final decision between Rico or right. yeah, between Rico and Malik. <laughs> but I think I'm I'm gonna lean I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna re- lean Rico.
0: Okay, yeah, I like that. You know, I say I I like Ronald Jones, and you know I'm a part of the Rico Dow fan club as well. So uh I'm just interested. I've always had a a fascination with running back, so it's gonna be fun to watch that kind of a true competition unfold there. Yep. Um, speaking of competition, we're gonna roll right into the wide receivers. Um, a top three, there isn't much there, right? We got Michael Gallup, we got Brandon Cooks. And we got C.D. Lamb, obviously the big three there. Hoping for more from Michael Gallup. We're hoping that Brandon Cooks can open up the offense. And we know that C.D. Lamb is a stud. But beyond that, they got 15 names here. Or 14 names, I'm sorry. They got Jose Barbin, Jalen Brooks, the rookie, Dontario Drummond, David Durden, Simi Vajoko, Dennis Houston, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Moreno Cropper, John Stevens Jr., Jalen Tolbert, Cavante Turpin. So we know who the, fr- the big three are, okay? There's yep. a huge competition and this is going to be vital for this Cowboys off- offense. Who wins wide receiver 4 for you and why?
1: Oh, not a question that I was preparing to answer. Oh man, that's tough. <laughs> I don't I really don't believe in the talent. I, 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 I that might be extreme. I don't buy into like the Semi Fahoko hype, mm. but at the same time like I'm looking right, like, I don't think it's going to be Turpin. I think Turpin's a gadget player this year. I don't, yeah, like he's not a true wide receiver for Dennis Houston. i that, that hype seems to have, uh, he beat them both and, out it, last year,
0: which is crazy. It, but think it. True. About.
1: Yeah. I don't, I guess I'll go, I'll go semi Fahoko, but that's, okay. that's a, I, I don't know. That's the point. Like, that's why I was banging for like Hopkins was not a bad thing to like entertain because like, Hopkins yeah. wouldn't be our wide receiver four, but push Gallup to wide receiver four, which is mm. a, the best wide receiver four in football. Why <laughs> yeah. not go for it?
0: Yeah, I mean, so for me, so I'll ask you real quickly, just briefly summarize it. It doesn't sound too confident, right? You don't sound too confident no. in who the wide nope. receiver four is going to be, and and that it makes me nervous because. There is a we talk about contingents of fan base. There is a contingent in this fan base that absolutely loves Simi Fahoko, right? Like people think that he's gonna be the next guy. And I've been very vocal to say, like, appreciate what he brings. I know he's fast. I know he's got he's got some polish to his game. We haven't seen it. We just simply have not seen it. And and I need to see it, right? And the same thing goes for Jalen Tolbert. Everybody was very excited, myself included, that we we're able to pick him. But we got two guys. Duke and I, in my mind, it's between those two, right? I think those two are going to yeah. end up winning the, you know, the wide receiver four job, and we need one of those two to elevate.
1: I will say, Jalen Tolbert, among Dallas Cowboys media, like guys like Gelkin, wrote an amazing piece about it. Jalen Tolbert's getting a lot of hype, and yeah. maybe like when there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe I need to buy into Jalen Tolbert more. I didn't see we nobody saw anything from him last year, so that's yeah. why I went with Simi. But I mean, it's but there's smoke
0: right now. I agree. And here's the thing. I think Jalen Tolbert will probably if you had if you told me to pick right now, like you had to pick, I think I would pick Jalen Tolbert. But I like the desperation that Simi Fahoko has to come in with. Year three hasn't done a thing. If he doesn't figure it out this training camp and he doesn't win wide receiver four, he might get sent to the gulag. You know what I mean? Like it might be done for him at this point. Like, what would you keep in a guy around who can't win the wide receiver four job in year three? So This is a very big year, and I believe in when people get their back against the wall, you probably get the best out of them. So it's between those two, but Jalen Moreno-Cropper is a guy who's undrafted. Many feel that he could have been drafted. I think he sneakily is in the conversation somewhere. I don't know if it's for... I don't know if it's five. I think Kavante Turpin is obviously locked in, in my opinion, because he's got the special teams, you know, Pro Bowl type of, you know, ability there. But that four, five, six wide receiver conversation is actually going to be more intriguing than I think people will give it credit for.
1: So if they walk into week one with six wide receivers, is that your pick for wide receiver six?
0: I think, yeah. So what we got a three. I think.
1: Oh, uh, I guess you're counting Turpin as a receiver yeah. too. So never right.
0: Mind. So Tolbert four, Semi five, if, if they don't feel like all right outright cut him six would be turpin i think that's where they max it out you know what i mean i think i think if simi and tolbert are close they'll keep them both but like if simi doesn't go out here and win a job man like what is what purpose is he serving so it's tough i don't know
1: quick question for you before we move what percentage chance does turpin end up with the fourth most touches in this wide receiver group like what like it might not be passes it might be like end arounds and trouble but like Pure touches, what percent chance do you give Turpin of finishing at four?
0: So you got C.D. Brandon, Michael. So him being the next guy, I think, low. I think like 15%. You know what I mean? I just, yeah, like you said, he's not like 10. I don't know if he's the pure, why'd you see a four, like you said. He's going to get gadgety. I think if he beats out Deuce Vaughn, he can steal those. If he doesn't beat out Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn's gonna eat into his touches on offense, so he'd probably be the fifth option on wide receiver, or fifth watch. You know, he'd probably be the seventh wide receiver or seventh option on offense as a whole. But as a wide Agreed. receiver, he's in that four or five range, so uh, it'll be tough. I, I believe in Turpin. I know he's you know a friend of the show, and we've had him on. I know he said here he wanted to play more offense. I we just need to see it this camp. I you know I think if he wants, to, he's got to go get it. Agreed. Perfect. On to on to the next section here. Tight ends. This is. Nothing is solidified here. This is what's going to be fun about the tight ends. There is literally nothing here that's solidified. We have Jake Ferguson, who is penciled very lately in as a starter because they took Luke Schoonmaker in the second round out of Michigan. Many feel that, you know, eventually he's the heir apparent to that spot. Dal- Dalton Schultz is not here anymore. Uh, we have, as a as a roster of it, I'll just go down, Princeton Fent, Jake Ferguson, Seth Green, Peyton Hendershot, Sean McCune, and Luke Schoonmaker. So, Right now, if you look at it, you know, just my assessment, Jake Ferguson, one, Schoonmaker, two, Hendershot, three, and you got Sean McEwen, four, with guys like Seth Green and, you know, Fant kind of just duking it out to see if they can get on a practice squad here. How do you feel about it?
1: I feel, I mean, I, th- I think you nailed it perfectly. I, I don't think, like, tight end. it's another big question mark in terms of who's going to start week one. I will say, I have heard, and it's not like it's a lot because there's a chance you're hearing about him for the first time, but I've heard a little bit of rumblings about Princeton Fant potentially like yes. ending up as that wide receiver, or to, sorry, as like if they do decide to roll with four tight ends, which we'll is see if Noah they do year. Cousin, right? is, is that Noah Fant's cousin?
0: Right? Is that Noah Fant's cousin? Is it? Yeah, yeah, I believe it is. There's a family relation there. I just don't know if I got it right, but there is a bloodline okay. there. There's a bloodline. Okay.
1: <laughs> Hyper successful NFL tight end no offense
0: yeah, yeah no offense <laughs> <I mean>, right <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it's but, interesting i think um hunter Lepke, we were talking about it eats into a guy like sean mccune eats into a guy like a yeah. princeton fan you know what i mean so if lefke wins the job there may only be three tight ends you know so and i think i think those three are spoken for if that's the case what be pen Hendershot, you know schoolmaker jake ferguson but the it'll be fun to see the depth purposes but for one of the positions for the Cowboys, there's a real question about who's going to be the guy. And there ain't many spots on this Cowboys team where you can say, okay, who's our number one here? Take your shot. I think it's Jake Ferguson. I'm in the Ferguson camp. I'm a Ferguson guy.
1: I completely couldn't agree more. I I think, I mean, I just don't believe in rookie tight ends. I think Ferguson actually has a very solid year this year. And I'm, I think I've made this prediction on the podcast before. I think Hendershot has a much better year than a lot of people are giving him credit for. I think to the tune of, I don't want to be that bold. Let's say the tune of 35 receptions this year, which for okay. a tight end, tight end two yep. is respectable. I which think Don I,
0: Schultz had like 55 or 52 last year. So, yeah,
1: you know, I'm so not so bad. I, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, I'll be that bold. I, Hendershot finishes with more catches than Schoonmaker.
0: Mm, I don't, I, you know what? That that would be alarming for Cowboys fans, I think, mm-hmm. is people would be like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, this guy's undrafted in year two. Yeah, and
1: maybe NBA two, I'll take it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but like, it's not that crazy because I, the Cowboys kind of do that sometimes, right? Like, there's a guy that they trust, they believe, and if he doesn't outright win the job, they'll go with what they're comfortable. And if and if Hendershot's out there proving that, hey, I can do this job, and you know, maybe next year Rook, you know, what I mean, that's that's kind of how it works. But you know, Jake Ferguson's number one to me. You know, Schoonmaker, I think, is gonna have a role. I think eventually you know, it could be his unit. It depends on what he does here, but I, I'll stop short of saying it was luxury, but I thought the pick in the second round wasn't necessary, right? Like I don't, you need a tight end at some point. I don't know if you needed to use a, a second round pick on it, but he's here. I'm rooting for him. I think he has ability. I think he has encouraging tape, but I think my, my reservations about him is more to do about my positivity about Jake Ferguson.
1: I mean, I'm no, I, we are both on the same page that, at least with Ferguson. I loved Ferguson last year. Loved what I saw. That's why when, right before our free agency preview hit, I we I was not on the boat of re-signing yeah. Dalton Schultz. I just, to me, and I've said it a lot on this podcast, so I won't harp on it too much. I just don't think there's a huge drop-off between Ferguson and Hendershot. Like, if you remove mm. that horrible dropped ball that led to an interception last year <laughs> from Hendershot, I feel like it's a very, like, one play, I'm not going to take too much stock in. i think they had very similar seasons so yeah i'm but we'll see i know what, the we'll numbers s- yeah i know
0: the numbers don't back it up but i kind of feel what you're saying like jake ferguson did what he did hendershot hendershot at times looked like the more competent tight end it just felt he felt more of like a wild card at times right like true, ferguson felt true. a little bit more consistent but you saw hendershot and you're like this guy might have more juice so i'm in there with you
1: i think hendershot has better yards after a catch ability which I mean isn't huge for the tight end yeah. position, but it's something.
0: I, I know Ferguson leaped, but yeah. Hendershot feels like a better athlete to me. I think it's yeah. I think he's a better athlete. Even though Ferguson showed ability, I think Hendershot's more of like a like a, a ball player. I guess that's the Did best way be- I could describe him. I think they both leaped at one yeah, point. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. I, I I think Henishan leapt and then tried to run someone over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so no, I I love his attitude. I think I think it's a it's a fun room, but the fact that we don't know who number 1 is solidified in ink yet, that's that'll make training camp even fun, even more fun than it's going to be. Yeah. Less fun is what we're going to do with the offensive line position cuz there is a lot to sort out. I've been using Terrence Steele as the you know, this, the pendulum swing here, so to speak. Every time I talk about it, I'm like, well, when someone says, what are we going to do at offensive line? What do you think the five is going to be? I'm like, well, where's Terrence Steele at? Like, is he healthy? Because if he's healthy, the five to me are solidified, right? Oh, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, Tyron Smith, left tackle, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biage, Zach Martin. Then you go Terrence Steele. Then you throw in the wrinkle that Zach Martin wants a contract, which, you know, I didn't have on my bingo card going to, to training camp <laughs> out of left field. They better take care of him. I think they will take care of him, do right by him. Um, but, Let's kind of look at it. What we have here: Tyler Yadish, Brock Hoffman, Alec Lindstrom, TJ Vass, Chuma Adoga, Matt Farniak, Zach Martin, Josh Ball, Earl Bostic Jr., Tyrant Smith, Terrence Steele, Asim Richards, Tyler Smith, Alex Taylor, and Matt Will. Let's go. So that's a lot of names. There's a lot of bodies. But I realistic- want to go ahead.
1: I want to play a quick game with you, real quick. Sure. Out of those, how many names was that? I believe it's 15. 15 out of those 15 names, who is locked into the roster? Because I think it's five names. I think that, the five we've talked about, I
0: think it's seven. Really? Yeah. I think yeah, this is the, locked. The five we talked in, I think Matt Muletzko is a lock, and I think is a lock. Because Farniok can be the backup center, he could be a backup guard. I think they believe Will let Go can be a swing tackle in the China Met guard. So I think, I think Muletz, Will Let's Go minus Tyler Smith because he's the real swing tackle. You know, if something happens, he's going to move to tackle or whatever. I think Millette, Matt, will let's go be the next guy up.
1: I don't, I just think like if, if a name like a Richards, if a name like a Chuma just goes out there and has an amazing training camp and like they're like, yeah, like yeah. Asim Richards, he can play tackle. Chuma Doga, he has, yeah, he's, well, he's so, a guard. I, so they, I,
0: they dress like, I, seven, I just, they dress seven yeah. on game day. I think they have nine or 10 on the roster, so they, they're going to keep at least nine. And I think fair. some teams keep ten. So, if you throw the five that we know, and you go six, seven, like I said, Farniak and well, let's go. That leaves room for a guy like Awesome Richards, who they just drafted, to be that you know other tackle, and then they get a guy like um, who was that Chuma Adogo, who they signed in free agency, yeah, to be that other guard. So there's nine. You know what I mean? So I think there's a chance that we both could be right. Okay,
1: there, <laughs> yeah, you
0: know. But it's it's a huge. This is a huge. You know, domino like I think the number one thing I'm personally going to be paying attention to on Wednesday when I go there and practice is Terrence Steele like on the pup list is he able to practice like where is he in this whole thing if he's not ready to go from the jump I'm going to be a little nervous now it doesn't mean he won't be ready for week one and there's plenty of time but I want my, my guys ready to go day one I mean I see the videos we got guys that post videos every day of you know Terrence Steele working out with online mastermind I mean, he looks good laterally. He looks good moving back. Like, where is he? And and can he play? Because that's a huge piece of this offense line.
1: Yeah, I think just as a quick point of clarification for those who don't know, no, no, no. That if you see a headline tomorrow that Terrence Steele is on the pup or see a headline this week, it doesn't mean he's on the pup to start the season. Like he's you can just be on the pup for training yeah. camp. So don't freak out if you see that headline. <laughs> but I like I think your point is completely valid in that being there for training camp is huge and incredibly underrated. I, I think people don't talk like there. there's a long track record of players who have missed training camp due to injury. And those injuries continue throughout the season or they deal with other injuries. Being there for training camp and getting to ramp up to football shape is so unbelievably underrated in terms of your long-term health for the actual season. Like, yes, it's not just practice as Allen Iverson would say. <laughs> it's like training camp matters.
0: A hundred percent. And and it's more so you said the physical side of it, which you're dead on the money about. There's a mental hurdle, too. When you tear your, your knee up like that, you want to go out there and not game action, be able to go and take a rush from a Demarcus Lawrence or, you know, a Micah Parsons and and know that the knee holds up. Like, we need we need Terrence Steele, and that's the thing that makes me the most, most nervous about it is this guy went from an undrafted guy out of Texas Tech to, like, going to get a long-term deal with the Cowboys, and he's going to be, like, a huge piece on the outside, and now it's like, man, like, we need you to be healthy, bro. Like, we need this bad. So, I'm nervous about what happens because I know there's people that think Tyron Smith is cool with being on the bench. I don't have it in me. They put Tyron Smith on the bench. I don't know who else. I think the five, when healthy, are completely solidified. It gets messy if Terrence Steele isn't available. Because then what? Because I love Tyron Smith, the left tackle. Don't know if I love him at right tackle, but you're not not going to play him. Then you kick Tyler Smith, the left tackle. Now your left guards a hole. Who is it? I know they're working Matt. Well, let's go. We're talking about Chuma Doga. Is it Asim Richards? Is it Matt Farniak? Like I don't love those options as much as just plugging Tyler Smith in there. So there is a lot to be figured out. And I know I'll be watching with bated breath and I'm not exaggerating for that first tweet we get from like John Machoda, (laughs) Mike Elkin, where they're like, here's the first five out for the offensive line in the first 11 period. You know what I mean? That's what I'm going to be paying attention to because, because now it's real. Now it's not OTAs. Now it's not, you know, hype videos. This is like the real, like, this is what the Cowboys are working with. So I'm nervous.
1: I mean, we've been talking about it all off season. I think both of us are very anxious about this offensive line, knowing that, I mean, the domino is a perfect analogy. All it takes is literally one injury and it doesn't outside of maybe right guard and center are the two positions. Like if please knock on wood, Zach Martin (laughs) or Tyler Biotish, if they were to go down to injury like that, that's like one piece that you could just like, You'd likely have a guy like Farniak or Chumadoga go in there, but like, yeah, like you mentioned, either tackles or Tyler Smith gets injured too. Like, I man, yeah. it just causes problems across the board. And we've been talking about all offseason that the fact that they haven't addressed this depth after season, like three straight, four straight seasons yeah. of just constant offensive line injuries, it's worrisome.
0: Well, they think they do. You know, that's the problem. They they yeah. think they have it figured out. So. Hopefully, they can prove us wrong and hopefully they can get that done. But that's the first offensive section we got right there. We're going to roll right into the defense side of the ball. We just covered the old offensive unit. We're going to start here real quick with the safeties. And we don't have to spend too much time on it. And that's a great feeling for a long time to be a Cowboys fan, not have to worry about safety room. It feels awesome. It's only a kick,
1: (laughs) a jump, a block. It's only a serve.
0: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Yeah, do we just want to wrap up cornerback, world like entire secondary? Yeah. Because yeah, like, let's this is the in. one area that like I'm so supremely confident about.
0: Yeah, let's roll into it. So we'll start with the safeties real quick. We have Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, and we got J-Ron Curse going to be the starters. But outside of that, we got Marquise Bell, Tyler Coyle, um, Israel Mukwamu, who's definitely going to figure into some things here, and uh, Johnny Thomas. So the safeties, man. We got our three. We got our fourth guy, which is Israel Mukwamu, who feels like a J-Ron Curse like part two, which I yeah. love. So we feel really good about the safeties. These guys don't have to be talked about too much. They all bring a different element. They all do their job really well, and the Cowboys have a strongest safety room as anybody in the league. As far as cornerback goes, we got DeRon Bland, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore look to be the starters. CJ Goodwin does not really f- factor into this. He's just here by name only. Uh Kelvin Joseph, Jordan Lewis, Eric Scott Jr., Nation Wright, Miles Brooks, D'Angelo Mandel, Sheldrick Redwine. So there's really what three- was that last name you said? Sheldrick Redwine.
1: red wine yeah man this is the first time i'm hearing this guy's name
0: (laughs) Sheldrick red wine listed as a db not necessarily a cornerback but so i slumped him in with the with the corners here but realistically we got three guys solidified jordan lewis went healthy which i believe he will start on pup list that was the that was the question or at least the statement early on that he may start on the pup list but guys like eric scott jr nation Wright, kelvin joseph those guys are fighting for the jobs. The other guys feel like, you know, they can make a run at it. But this is where the meat and the potatoes are. Say all that to say, what Gilmore on the fold, Duran Bland developing, hopefully Jordan loose healthy, this secondary, the safeties, the cornerbacks, men, rock solid, probably the best group in all of the Cowboys team right now.
1: I mean, when you throw in, and we'll get to it later, but when you throw in the ability of the defensive line to rush the quarterback, like, I think this might end up as the, like, they haven't a realistic shot as being the best secondary in the NFL this year, because like when the quarterbacks rushed and then you throw in the fact that, Oh, now I have to throw, I have to pick like Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore to throw to who, by the way, is being bracketed by like a guy like Jaron, Like Jaron like J- curse or uh, Donovan. Like that's, that's insane. Like, yeah. Quarterbacks are going to have a very difficult time this year. I will say the one, two, the two names that like, So far, we've mentioned that aren't going to be starters, but like I'm most interested in seeing two of those names, both in the safety rotation. So I'm a little bit disappointed, ironically enough, that Mm. our safeties are so good because I want to see them more. Marquise Bell and Izzy, maybe Mm. Izzy plays slot as we saw him doing the Tampa game this year. But that's two young names that I'm interested in seeing how both of those careers develop because in the limited amount we've seen, they're playmakers, they're dogs.
0: So this I'm not saying this is gonna happen. this just spawned in my head right now. this is how it works. How crazy would it be that we've been talking about Jerome bland that we we have in first 11 on 11 period the slot corner is Izzy. that ooh. Right? I mean, the world
1: exists. I mean Dan he was like Quinn gets crazy
0: yeah tweets. he does is he was liking tweets about a cornerback move. You see, you see a lot of drills. I put up some drills of him doing a lot of cornerbacks-type work. He wasn't lining up as a safety, you know, coming down to the box or, you know, playing that center field role. He was jamming up. He was on guys. He was working on some press technique. Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, like, after what he showed and looked to be that weapon against Tampa Bay and how they kind of unveiled him for, you know, even against um, the 49ers, like, is he might factor into this one rotation, not just the two.
1: Especially if Jay, if um, Jordan Lewis's injury is more serious than we like if Jordan Lewis is on the pup during training camp and Izzy gets to if he gets to work in, yeah, absolutely a world exists. Like we forget, Izzy's first time starting in the NFL was in a playoff game against the Buccaneers, and by the way, he for what he was forced into killed it no was it a perfect game no it wasn't but it was also he was a rookie playing a position that he had not played before up until that moment like that it was an insane performance and so like yeah a world absolutely exists where izzy gets meaningful slot reps this year
0: and nobody knew it right like they did that nobody knew that until he was out there doing it like that was the most beautiful part about it to me was like oh he can do this they want him to do this and he's doing it at the biggest stage. Like this is this is chess, not checkers.
1: That was also just my favorite Dan Quinn moment of last year, just being like, Yeah, playoff <laughs> game. We're down a couple corners. Yeah. Meet Israel McCormick, who nobody, Six, including the announcers, both the yeah. announcers the entire time, like they kept pronouncing his name different ways. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, this is just amazing to watch. Well, they had
0: no, you had nothing to go <laughs> off of. And the guy was yeah. a stud. So, I I mean, us knew if you lock in a blogging the boys and you listen to us, you knew who Izzy was. Fun fact about blogging the boys and me, actually, the first time I ever got on camera ever for blogging the boys was RJ had me on to break down the analysis of Izzy being picked in the sixth round. So the very first time I ever spoke on blogging the boys' airways was with Izzy Mokua draft selection. So I actually have a soft spot for the guy because you know I love blogging the boys. I love being here, and uh, that was my first assignment.
1: And now he's going to be a Pro Bowl slot cornerback this year,
0: just like me. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So that is the the secondary room. We love that the block uh, the. The back end of this defense is secured, feels good. We didn't even get to talk about Stephon Gilmore or Trayvon Diggs. Like, that's how excited we are about this room. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to feed off of each other.
1: Real quick, both PFF and... for I'm not putting any weight into this, but just... Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Co- well, go start conversation. Yeah. <laughs> both PFF and Madden both have Stephon Gilmore as being better than Trayvon. Is there any world where you think that's accurate?
0: I, I just don't understand why the, the disrespect <laughs> from Trayvon Diggs. Did he, like... Did he do something? Like, I just don't understand. Like, Trayvon Diggs is a better cornerback than Stefan Gilmore. Trayvon Diggs is a top five to top seven corner in the league. Take nothing away from Stefan Gilmore. You need to put a little more respect on Trayvon Diggs's name, man. This is crazy. I no, I, I just don't understand. I I just I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. But I will say
1: I'm honestly more like encouraged by it because yeah, it's absolutely disrespectful to Trayvon, but I'm like okay, we just traded for who, and once again, I'm not putting any weight in the Madden rankings, but like Madden, he's top 10. P- more more importantly, PFF, he's top 10. I'm like, okay, maybe I, I think I undervalued, and I think a lot of Cowboys fans undervalued how yeah important that trade's going to end up being.
0: Totally. I think it, it it changes the dynamic. Like you said, with our pass rush, if nobody's open and we got two cornerbacks, you know I was an Anthony Brown guy. I appreciate Anthony Brown. Yeah. I didn't think he was an all-star, but I thought Anthony Brown did his job well. Now you get a guy who is widely viewed as the top ten cornerback alongside Trayvon Diggs. Like this could be really dangerous. It's really exciting. I mean, it, it, it's going to be fun to watch. I I'm an offensive guy by nature, but I'm really excited to watch this defense this year. Oh yeah,
1: I'm potentially be the best in the NFL. That's not an exaggeration. Yeah, but no, that's... last year.
0: You're not absurd for saying that, which is a really awesome fan to be a Cowboys fan right now. Yeah. So with that being said, I've been on record. We talked about it all off season. This is the position I'm a little angst about. Got a little bit of nerves when it comes towards it. Towards it. But you kind of talked me off the ledge because linebacker is much like running back where you can make it work with less. It doesn't have to be too, too crazy, but kind of go through the names a little bit. Damone Clark, Jabril Cox, Devin Harper, Malik Jefferson, Isaiah Land. Tack McKinley is not there anymore. I don't know why they got him on the list, but Demarvion Overshone, Micah Parsons, Leighton Vander Esch. So, um, I got, I pulled these names from the Dallas Cowboys site. So I yeah I want them Tack to just is, yeah. I'm he's surprised still Tack's listed, listed
1: as a linebacker though, right?
0: Well, he, and on top of the fact he's not even on the team anymore. So, yeah, no, no, obviously. Yeah. yeah but, <laughs> but,
1: like, yeah. why was he a linebacker to begin with? Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: But anyway, so, Damone Clark, Jabril Cox, Devin Harper, Malik Jef- uh, Jefferson, Isaiah Land, Damario and Overshawn, Michael Parsons, Leighton Van Der Esch. You put Michael Parsons in the mix, this linebacker room looks really <laughs> yeah. good. But that's not reality. The reality of the situation is it's Leighton Van Der Esch, Jabril Cox, Damone Clark. Overshown looking to get some reps, looking to make some things happen. Devin Harper, is intrigue there. I know some people, you know, there are some people on Twitter that feel good about Isaiah Land as well, but he's an undrafted free agent rookie. So um, there isn't very deep in my opinion, but there is some top end talent there. Like these guys are very athletic. These are very Dan Quinn-esque guys. How do you feel about the linebacker room, especially with Overshown being a guy you went to school with?
1: I mean, time will tell but I think there is a lot of youth here and a lot of upside, which I'm I'm excited to see this year. You, you threw out the, and I think the hypothetical, which absolutely exists, is what happens if LVE gets injured, which at that point, yes, it starts getting scary, and I'm not thrilled about the linebacking rotation, how it looks without LVE. Obviously, you already mentioned Mike is a defensive end, so we're not including him in this conversation. But youth upside talent, like, it's a lot there's freaky athleticism in that linebacker group. I'll give him that. Yeah. A lot for sure. of speed. Yeah. So I mean, we won't know until we know, but upside, I'm still slightly like, yeah, I've had my eyebrow raised a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, Lane Van is gonna be the, the leader of that. And it's funny because they like, call him the wallfinder. So he's gonna be the leader of the pack there, which is an easy mm-hmm. pun. But um Lane Van Dush, I think it's gonna be Lane Van Dush, you know, Damone Clark, Jabril Cox. I think Jabril Cox is gonna figure it out. I know he had the knee. I think some people are excited for what he can do, and this is much like how I felt about Simi Focco. If he doesn't figure it out, where is he? Where does he fall? There's a lot of young talent there. He might get stepped to the white to the wayside here, but linebacker is going to be fun. It's going to be intriguing. There are some names, some young guys to watch. But um, when you have the defensive line that we're going to touch on next in the secondary that we have. Uh, it might not really matter too too much. You need guys that are, I think, athletic ability to make up for any mental mistakes. But if you got some guys who are smart, cerebral at that linebacker spot, who can, you know, read run, read pass, and are film guys, I think you can get away with it if you don't have the best talent. So um, much like running back room, you can make a work with less. And I think the Cowboys have some intriguing pieces, but they don't have to be studs right out the right out the gate.
1: Agreed, and I will. If you're looking for like a dark horse name to make the roster, I Malik Jefferson seems like the easy pick to me. like he was on the team, been on the team before. Yeah, (laughs) but (laughs) been on the team, been on the team before. Like he, once again, has he's he might have the most NFL experience outside of LVE. I think he does.
0: Yeah, he's been here. He's been in the league for a bit. He's a veteran. Yeah,
1: he might even have. Yeah, he might even have more than LVE. I probably not games started, but yeah, Malik Jefferson would be the name to throw out if you're like. Looking for a guy that might contend to push out a guy like Devin Harper ish.
0: Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's Leighton Van der Esch, Damon Clark, and then everybody else. And that everybody else to me is a mix of Overshone. It's a mix of Devin Harper and it's a mix of Jabel Cox, right? We're going to find one, in my opinion, that third guy out of that three. And then those other two will be like the fourth and the fifth guy. That's my opinion. I think, yeah, I, you know, I think those are the I, five.
1: I think I'd, Throw Malik Jefferson's name. into like that second group you name. I I mean, I don't I'm once I'm not expecting him to make the roster here, but that's just a name that I'm I'm watching.
0: Sure. I think I think I mean, this is probably not the perfect analogy, but how you feel about Malik Jefferson is almost how I feel about uh, Ronald Jones. right? Right. Like not the most talented probably isn't the most exciting, but like that veteran presence, he's been there. He might be able to factor in and help you out if you need him. So, yeah, that's you know, exactly it's, looking at that, it's, that's fun. Now the most fun, we talk about the secondary. That's probably the most fun unit, but if, if, if it isn't the defensive line, it's damn near close here. <laughs> so let's kind of go over through some of these names. There's ball is all over this list. Okay. There's a, there's a ton of them. So bear with me. Donce Armstrong, uh, Junior Fahoko, Dante Fowler, Chauncey Golston, Darrell Johnson, DeMarcus Lawrence, Tyrus wheat, Sam Williams, Isaac Alacone made the switch. Quentin Bohanna, Neville Gallimore, Jonathan Hinkins, Oso Adikizua, and Mozzie Smith. Now, mind you, Micah was talked about in the linebacker room. He doesn't factor into this right now. A lot of beef, man. We're talking about Jonathan Hinkins. We're talking about Mozzie Smith, Quentin Bohanna. There's some big guys in the middle, but I think who's going to make the money and make the hay for this defense is going to be the defensive ends here, Demarcus Lawrence, Doran Armstrong, Dante Fowler. How do you feel about this? Because, I mean, I know the Eagles got a damn good D-line over there in Philly, but the Cowboys, they're, they're nothing to mess with as well.
1: I mean, the Cowboys are just, uh, for my money, the deepest, have the deepest defensive line in the NFL. Like, every every single name you just like, there's maybe two, three names ish, but outside of like two, three names, every single person you listed could be a, like, like they won't, but they, like, they could be a week one starter. i would be okay with it. Like, a, a name like Dante Fowler, if he was our defensive end two opposite Micah, like, I'm fine with that. If Sam Williams is our defensive end two opposite Micah, I'm, more yeah. than happy with that but by the way, like there's a chance that sam williams is our defensive end four to start the season behind yeah like that it's just it's incredible the depth that we have like yeah. dorance armstrong who who knows he could be like three four five ish probably three four range is more accurate yeah but like that's just that's incredible depth and to me you you know you there's no other team in the nfl where you're gonna find that depth at defensive end
0: bro Doris armstrong had two and a half more sacks than demarcus lawrence last year and he was number two on the team behind Micah Parsons, and people are saying Sam Williams are so excited for Sam Williams, we can get rid of D- Dorrance Armstrong. He could be a, a chess piece. And I'm sitting here like the most quiet eight-and-a-half sacks ever. Like, we know Demarcus Lawrence. We know Micah Parsons is being on the side. But if you, if you want to kick Doran, Dorrance Armstrong inside on the pass rush set with a Dante Fowler, and now you got four pass rushes there with Micah, Dorrance, Dante Fowler. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be so much fun, man. Like, there is going to be no... Breathers for the offensive line. These uh, these teams' offensive line are going to have to. If it's a pass rushing, God forbid the Cowboys get up like two scores, three scores, and it becomes a passing situation, like these guys are going to be like rabid wolves attacking the quarterback, and it's it's going to be so much fun to watch. And then
1: you can like what what this allows Dan Quinn to do when he has this incredible depth, he can get so much more creative. Like he is, I bet we will see Demarcus Lawrence at defensive tackle a lot more oh, yeah. than you'd expect like that is just incredible because yeah why not bring one of your best like just overall defensive players why not let them play inside so g- names like sam williams and Doris armstrong and micah can come off the edge like that's yeah. just there's so much room for dan quinn to be flexible with this defense and give him another year like third year with the team I, it's going to get even yeah. more creative and it's gonna get even more fun and the sack totals i mean I I think they increase.
0: Yeah, I do, too. And this is a funny, true story. I'll make it quick, though. DeMarcus Lawrence, we see him play interior three technique. He rushes from the interior a lot. My brother started against the Cowboys his first ever game. He started at right guard. They had Demarcus Lawrence line up as a three technique to face my brother as an undrafted guy because they knew he'd win the matchup. And guess what? Demarcus Lawrence got a sack off my brother. So yeah, it, it worked. Ooh, and you yeah, know Yeah, it was it was a weird moment. That was probably the weirdest day as a Cowboys fan. But <laughs> no, but like Demarcus Lawrence, they they used him as a chess piece to attack weaknesses. Not saying my brother is a weakness, but they they use it. And now it's Dan Quinn who's Really creative. Michael Parsons, that guy who rushes from like the middle linebacker spot, you know, zero instead of being one shade or two shade, he's like right over the nose, attacking with like a fifth pa- fifth pass rusher. So, um, they have so many Swiss Army knife guys. Like Dante Fowler is a pure pass rusher. Like I think he's an edge guy, but Sam Williams can play inside. You know, Michael, we see him play everywhere. Demarcus Lawrence can play inside. Dorrance Armstrong got the body to play inside. There's so many guys. Then they got Fajoko, who they. Th- is a DN to the kick in the D tackle, who's going to bring the pass rush from the inside. So it's like, yes, they got guys who are going to be able to stop the run like Mozzie Smith and a Jonathan Hankins, but everybody else is just pure dog pass rushers. And it's going to be so much fun.
1: I, This is like our secondary to me is like, they have the most top end talent. Like, I I just don't think there's a, there probably is, but I don't know I think our secondary is one of the best in the NFL in terms of just like the starters but like you I don't think if you were to take everybody at equal value and not weight starters differently like this is easily the best defense so I'm just so excited for this defense man I can't tell you how excited (laughs) I am to watch like I'm with you I'm an offensive guy but I think there's a very solid chance our defense is putting up regular like Seventeen point games, and it's just like a <laughs> five games in a row. Teams can't break seventeen. I can't. On us. I can't
0: wait, man. I really can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun. And uh, you know, th- we just hit on that. We did a lot. Of, that was the whole entire defense unit. We did the whole offense briefly before we wrap up the episode. Here, we're just gonna touch on the special teams. Right, we got four names to talk about: Brian Anger, locked in a punter. Sieg, Trent Sieg, excuse me, as a long snapper. Two kickers. This is where it gets interesting. Brandon Aubrey, Tristan Visciano. We talked about all offseason. These two guys are going to have to duke it out. If they don't look good in the first week or two, Robbie Gould probably getting a call. Mason Crosby probably getting a call. There's somebody veteran presence that's going to get the call. Brett Maher. Brett Maher signed with. um. Really? Yeah, he just signed. Man, I just forgot the name. He signed okay, with I'll, I'll... the Broncos. Yeah, he signed with the Denver Broncos. That's who it was. Yep. Right. Yeah, he signed okay. like two days ago. So we <laughs> the, basically, really we got that. two guys here. I got to figure it out. So Brandon Aubrey, Tristan Vicecano. We don't have to spend too much time on it. That'll be interesting. Hopefully we don't have a um, Jonathan Garibay situation where the dude can't even put it through the up rates one time in practice. So, um, man, I think we have very few weaknesses. We have a very deep team. There are some questions. There are some intrigue. What are you, as we'll kind of wrap this up here, what are you most excited for for this training camp?
1: I'm excited to get clarity on I'm excited to get clarity on a wide receiver room. I want to know how accurate are these Jalen Tolbert headlines? Is this a guy we can trust as our wide receiver for? How is Brandon Cooks looking? Like that's a name that we didn't really talk about today. But like, does Brandon Cooks look like he has that speed that we um that we signed him? Like Brandon Cooks his money's gonna be made in speed. Does he like how's it how's that connection looking with Dak? Um, and then all the other names that we talked about today, like the Dennis Houstons, the Semifahokos, yeah. like who's going to who's going to round out this wide receiver room to me, that's going to end up being the most fun.
0: Yeah, I I'm with it with you. I'm right there with you. I'm intrigued by the running back room. I really want to see how this offensive line depth shakes out. Um, I'm excited to see, um, just how the secondary works with Izzy and, and Marquise Bell. There's, there's a lot of intriguing pieces to watch on this team. I'll be watching the kickers. Like I just said, the kickers are something that's going to be vital. I would, we had talked about, I think last week or the week before, like I would hate for this team to be so good like we talked about for the last hour and, and the kicker be the problem that we can't figure out. So we need to figure yeah. that out. I think it needs to be hammered out. But I think this team is going to be fun, man. We made it. We're in the season. We're finally at training camp. It's going to be fun to watch. We got a lot to look forward to. And as Cowboys fans, like everyone gets mad at us for being optimistic. I think everyone has well within their rights to be excited for this Cowboys season this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've, I I just don't want to say it because I'm so high on this team right now. I probably (laughs) should, I should probably wait for some negative headlines to come out before I say anything too bold on this podcast. But I'm, I'm really excited for this team. We've had people on this off season that are equally excited for this team. So it's not just the two of us. Right. Get excited. Cowboys fans. And I will say,
0: I'll wrap it with this. Sorry. You're a analytical math guy. Use your brain. Don't try to, you try to take emotion out of it. Like when you talk, you bring like sensible approach, sensible feelings, For you to be excited about this team is encouraging. And I think people listening to this should be encouraged because you're not the type of guy who's going to puff your chest and say, We're the greatest team ever. You're going to, there's real reason for you to feel this way. And I think that's exciting if you're a Cowboys fan.
1: I mean, I'm at the end of the day, I am a sports fan. So I'm not going to say like I'm just sitting (laughs) on my computer during Cowboys games crunching numbers. No, but I, but I will say, yeah, I'm, this is the most excited I've been for a Cowboys team in a very long time. But yeah. if I'm wrong, who cares? I mean, this is the time to get excited. This is training <laughs> camp. The NFL season hasn't started yet. If you're not yeah. excited about this team, why are you even a fan at this exactly.
0: point? Exactly. Exactly. Everyone should be excited. You earned it. We've, we have made it through the offseason. We're here at training camp. Next week, we'll have some actual practice some storylines some headlines hopefully some great catches hopefully no injuries everything clean copacetic but we'll have some real concrete stuff to talk about and you guys can catch it here on the first attempt podcast brought to you by blogging the boys powered by SV nation as always tony catalina aiden davis we'll catch you guys next week peace